The Future for Mankind and the Planet Earth. In my review, I wanted to know if there is any future for my present beliefs under political circles in Western democracies which is the best we currently have in the world but still has shortcomings for the future of mankind globally and the physical environment of the planet Earth. Everyone wants liberty, freedom, the question is one a sattvic libertarian, a rajasic libertarian or a tamasic libertarian. These three classifications of humanology describes nature. If their state fosters their particular mentalities they have peace of mind and prosper materially. Without material prosperity there is no peace of mind, let alone happiness, or ananda-slash-blissful state of mind, and one suffers from stress-related disorders, when one becomes suicidal from depression. Only faith in God, bhakti, saves one by generating jnana, knowledge and wisdom, to remain in ananda no matter what the nature of the trials a person faces in his or her spiritual compulsions for actions as his chosen karma. God does not try to bring a bhakti to any one of these three libertarian types of modus operandi, seemingly because he, Sri Krishna, created nature in this prakriti. Thus there is no Sanatan Dharma, with a capital D, there is only Sanatan Dharma with a small d. And all humanity can fulfill their natural genetic endowments in manifesting these gunas in their daily chores with their free will that is the true nature of the mind. In Bhakti, all libertarians can attain the state of their own ananda. No path is favored in Brahma nature. Accordingly, when one reflects on Dharma Rakshati Rakshati it is applicable to all three guna consciousness operations of individuals if sincerely conducted in bhakti-slash-devotion. Notwithstanding, there is a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. Sattvic path is costly in terms of having to spend money to pursue the sattvic sentimentality of piety of satisfying the urge for inhuman conduct such as pedophilia, rape that the Christian clergy have a record on and other desires that fuel the demand for natural resources for their consumption from nature so it requires the entrepreneurial buccaneering of the capitalist to find inventive means of extracting those goods and services that are then required from the environment. The sattvic and tamasic path is therefore described by the author as being evil in constitution that promote wars and conflicts so that people murder and colonize areas of the world that have these products to jointly engage in predatory activities accordingly thereby destroying nature from the plunder and developing science and technologies that generate waste and cause pollution and other climatic disasters. The history of life on Earth shows that mass extinctions have occurred seven to eight times as a result of the overexploitation of natural resources to satisfy purely animalistic greed and in the present state of the universe, the term humasnals that I had conjured up for years in exploring nature under the earlier Brahmavaita conception of reality I felt must have been referring to tamasic rather than sattvic or rajasic libertarian manifestations of the spirit. In having moved on from there and reached Vishista Advaita Vedanta, I have obviously changed my framework for its assessment. God, the Sri Krishna that Noah's creator, seems ambivalent on what happens to humans, plants, viruses, soils, water, etc. It is only we humans that can direct our fortunes by choosing the best path for mankind going into the future if we wish to see human race propagate itself indefinitely on earth. If no one is concerned about that, there is no need for the rajasic path of Vashista, Veda Vedanta and Vaishnavism considerations of the philosophy, so no need for anyone to subscribe to the political structure that I have put in place in the conservative libertarian society, with its tentative offshoots of the conservative libertarian party of the United Kingdom and the conservative libertarian party of the United States of America, in the following websites. https colon slash slash theconservativelibertarianSociety.com https colon slash slash the conservative libertarian partio the united kingdom dot com https colon slash slash the conservative libertarian society one dot odu dot com slash blog slash our blog one one hash scroll top equals zero 
There is the Atheistic Society of China and there are Western liberal democracies, both have a combination of sattvic and tamasic libertarianism. These wings of societies, and I have no reason to doubt that there are none purely rajasic libertarian societies anywhere on earth, not even in India today since the collapse of the Vedic spirituality of ancient times, sattvic and tamasic need each other like partners in crime against nature from different angles as alluded to above. Whether the path that I have outlined in the website into the philosophy of Vishista Advaita will see it change from Sanat and Dharma, to Sanat and Dharma, meaning that God Sri Krishna may yet be proven not have been ambivalent as to what happens on planet earth, will of course put a different interpretation on my own life, in terms of why I chose to follow my particular path of Satyagraha, and especially to confirm or reject that it was preordained and pre-orchestrated in all its manifestations, if it is proven that I have indeed found the elixir for living individually, who cares about that? but the selfish individual, which I am not, for I still harbor an interest in doing something for the planet in return for the fascinating and interesting life that I have had in search for the truth, it will otherwise always remain a question and so mislead people as to their kismet slash nasib so if nothing else, will emancipate humanity out of religion altogether. So, it is worth persevering with, I consider, and the Satyagraha therefore continues. The Inevitable Economic Doomsday Scenario for the World it is the social and environmental policy objectives that should determine the economics, not the other way round. What is economics? It is the circulation of money. So what is money? Money comes from the environment. Human beings live on this planet so must utilize environmental resources. These resources once tapped is given monetary value based on supply and demand, that is the resources become money. The basic environmental resources are the sun's rays that generates the water cycle and photosynthesis, the carbon dioxide, oxygen and nitrogen in the atmosphere, the vegetation, animals and other organisms of the land and the oceans, and the mineral resources of the earth. Money has been extracted from these environmental resources since time immemorial and invested in properties, houses, gold, etc., and saved in bank accounts. Let us call this fluid money that circulates in the economies of the world. It is this fluid money that is used by capitalists to further exploit the environment in a bid to redouble their money. Fluid money also depreciates into the environment in terms of the losses in the value of properties owned by people and institutions, and the waste products of consumers and humans. Fluid money is consumed by humans who die and are then buried or cremated so again it disappears into the environment. Some waste is recycled back as fluid money. Others are not recycled and constitute losses of fluid money but overall the world has gained a lot of fluid money over the generations because the rate of depreciation of fluid money and losses are very low compared with its accumulation with high capitalist expansion of exploitation of the environment which is probably still increasing. Capitalism means that if there is fluid money available, the capitalist would want to invest it to extract further resources from the environment in an attempt to increase his fluid money holding. This is the insatiable desire of the capitalist system that is based on greed for wealth. The fluid money accumulated by humans through history is currently held by governments, financial institutions and individuals. Governments rely on the financial institutions to borrow money from to manage their economies. The financial institutions also invest in exploiting the environment directly or indirectly thorough giving credit to companies engaged in the physical work of building infrastructure and in the provision of goods and services. These institutions have been built up to store money in private hands since the birth of money and banks. They have so much money that they have no choice but to lend it because by lending they get some interest paid to them which increases their value. This is facilitated by Western industrial governments because they had found a way of operating normally even when they got heavily in debt, e.g. the UK and the US governments whose national debt amount to trillions of dollars that they can never hope to repay. 
Thus, these financial institutions prop up the economies of the world because over the 150 years or so they have accumulated considerable quantities of fluid money. Because of this there is little incentive for governments to moderate their greed culture-based macroeconomics. In the last resort the International Monetary Bank will step in to prevent the indebted countries going bankrupt although it will impose conditions to force the nations to live within their means from structural reforms. This is the international financial order. The greatest sufferer in this world financial order is the environment for the habitual investment of money means that most of the resources of the environment will one day be turned into fluid money until there is not much left to utilize, except for the products of the sun's energy and what is left of the atmosphere and the land and water resources. Further, as world population is predicted to rise to 9 to 10 billion from the present 7 billion the utilization of environmental resources will increase leading to depletion. This is the economic doomsday scenario. How do we know when we are arriving at the turning point? So long as the global capital, that is the total fluid money in all economies, continues to be added to annually we know that the turning point of environmental limit of sustainability has not yet been reached. It is when that global capital starts to decline we know that depreciation, waste and economic stagnation from shortages of natural resources have had its economic doomsday impact as it costs increasingly more stored fluid money to extract the same amount of environmental resources. We will then be entering long-term economic depression. Can a doomsday scenario be averted? There is a way. It is called green socialism to generate premature economic slowdown and sharing of the Earth's resources with a view to retaining environmental resources for longer with natural regeneration. Green socialism will also consider the environmental impact of developments very carefully and focus on renewable energy and waste recycling. And finally, it will protect the environment asking governments to tax the wealth that has been hitherto extracted by actors in the marketplace and to then trap it away from investors and consumers. The financial order has to have fluid money siphoned out in this way. Such a system will not work unless the world's nation economies are in turn regulated by a world body such as the International Monetary Fund with powers to tax nations according to their gross domestic product and which will not have any lending powers to put fluid money back into the national economies. The wealth extracted must be put away in vaults or even buried into the ground by converting into gold. The United Nations must convene discussions for such an international green socialism as the only logical way that world affairs on environmental resources should be managed in order to avert a more drastic and irreversible doomsday depression at some time in the future. So where does money that we have come from, is a very basic question that should always be borne in mind. Money comes from the environment, before man came about there was no money. When man started socializing bartering was the means to exchange goods and services. These goods and services came from the environment, from the plants and natural resources of the earth. But the earthly goods came later. First it was all plant-derived. So we trace that back to photosynthesis. And deduce that carbon dioxide and water that the plants utilize were the wealth of nature that animals harvested and which generated the web of life on earth. Photosynthesis has within it photo, meaning the sun's rays without which no live would have been possible as plants need the sun's rays to grow and produce fruits in terms of leaves, vegetables and root crops, which later the animals came about to feed on. This went on for billions of years in the paleontological tree of life, until Homo sapiens evolved from Homo erectus and other species of primates before then. When humans came about and started using the resources of the earth in terms of soils to build houses, tree and mud houses came first, then bricks and mortar, and division of labor meant that the exchange these goods and and labor for other things that they needed, bartering development. This was a haphazard means of storing wealth in terms of the houses that people built to live on and clay pottery to cook food in, tool implements to trap animals, 
bow and arrows to kill animals with poison darts, and later derived iron-tipped spears and stone tools for use in diverse purposes, an economy was being generated in the process. The Romans first decided that the bartering means was not accurate enough and not practical means of storing wealth over and above the houses, tools, and other instruments and implements and curiosities such as jewelry that were being developed. They introduced coins made of metals to represent the value of the goods and services that were being exchanged. This was the birth of money transactions. Over the past 2000 years as the exploitation of natural resources developed apace from those initial money as representing wealth and tremendous use of coal, oil, metals such as iron copper, wood, and so on, led to the present-day status of capitalism where money accumulated could be invested back into further exploitation of goods and services. So money always grows until the earth's natural resources are lost altogether or when the sun dies out to snuff out all forms of life. So money comes from the environment, we use our labor and ingenuity to obtain it to get ourselves comfort of living. Over the thousands of years of human activities, in harvesting the goods of nature from wood, coal, fruits, vegetables, cereals, animals, fishes, coal, oil, uranium, metals etc., the conversion of those natural resources into money that was not needed for basic survival of human beings has been stored in personal bank accounts, in human populations as labor resource, bricks and mortar of people's houses and other diverse forms of infrastructures through urbanization, and even then there was considerable surplus to requirements which is held in bank accounts under the auspices of the International Monetary Fund and World Bank for global considerations of further investments to derive new forms of energy, food and other essentials in continuous economic development. The question all this raises is will the bubble of this transfer of natural resources into money ever burst? There are considerable fears that we are on the road to doomsday economic disaster unless the surplus money is locked up and further capitalist and investment in diverse infrastructure does not end now. The climate is taking a toll from relentless burning of fossil fuels, biodiversity is all but lost, soil degradation is rampant across the world and we have new forms of viruses emerging to put humanity in danger of basic survival. Some would argue that you cannot buck nature for the Gaia theory means that nature is a self-contained self-regulating phenomenon and it does not favor any life form as all life forms are just another species, in that human beings are nothing special. We may be the resurgence of the dinosaurs in our decimation of the planet and we will be eliminated in the course of time for nature to once again regenerate itself from small beginnings as has happened following six to eight mass extinctions of the past in the history of the earth. The author is noncommittal as to this possibility and reserves judgment.